0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching today. In all probability, we have those watching for the first time, and we're delighted to have you today. We hope that you'll stay tuned. Today, we're going to talk about happiness. Where to find it? That's one thing people all over the world want is happiness. Can't imagine anyone saying, I'd like to be miserable and I'd like to be unhappy. And uh, We all want happiness, re- regardless of who we are or where we are. We want to talk about that today. Happiness and where to find it. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. This course is designed to help you in your understanding of the Bible to understand what God expects of man today, what man must do in order to be saved, how man must live the Christian life, and and varied topics that are discussed in all of the various booklets and lessons that we provide in getting to know your Bible. We want you to have the very first uh, course that we mail out, and we want to pause for just a moment so you can learn more about the uh, Bible course, and so you can learn how to receive it.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I want to read now just one short passage of Scripture. And that passage is found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In the letter written to the church in Philippi, which is composed of 104 verses, Paul uses words like joy, rejoice, or a synonym thereof some 17 times. But the thing that's very interesting to me is that when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. And in the text, he's telling people to be happy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. You know we can be happy in spite of our circumstances in life. I want you to think about that passage just for a moment. Think about the command. The command is to rejoice. Rejoice. And then he gives the sphere or the realm where that rejoicing is to be done. He said, Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And then he talks about the duration of this rejoicing. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. And then this is a repeated command. He said, Again, I will say, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Where is it that we can find that kind of life? Where are we going to find happiness and joy? Well, let me say, first of all, happiness is not found in money. Some of the most miserable people in the world our people with money. In 1 Timothy 6 and 10, Paul said, The love of money is the root of all evil, and indeed it is. In the 17th verse of that chapter, he said, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Earlier in that chapter, he said, Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. You see, happiness is not found in, in having all the money that one would desire. Well, one millionaire said, I thought money could buy happiness. I have been terribly disillusioned. And if you're trying to find happiness in money, you're going to be disillusioned. If ever a man would have been happy with money, it would have been Solomon. He was the wealthiest man in the world in his day, and yet Solomon said, all that's vanity, his that vexation of spirit. Happiness is not found in wisdom. Uh, Solomon was the wisest man in the world in his day. He asked God to give him wisdom, to give him an understanding heart. But happiness is not found there. Man is not able to educate himself into happiness. If you had all the wisdom of the world, that would not give you happiness. Happiness is not found in pleasure. Solomon had singers, men singers, women singers to entertain him, had 700 wives, 300 concubines. He gave himself to to mirth and yet Solomon was not happy. You see, pleasure is a dead-end road. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and 6 said, She that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. But may also observe that Happiness is not found in power. Now Solomon was a powerful man. He was a king. You know men will do almost anything to gain power. Think about Alexander the Great, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, people in in Washington D.C. that that are powerful people. Men, Men will do almost anything to gain power. Solomon was a powerful man but it did not bring Solomon happiness. Now let me ask you a question. Where is happiness going to be found? You say, well, Brother Lambert, I'm not really happy with my life. I'm not satisfied with the way my life is being lived. And really, Brother Lambert, I'm a very miserable person. Where can I find happiness? Please write this down. Happiness is found in service. In Romans, the twelfth chapter, and verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Happiness is found in our reasonable service, in our service to God. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 20, talked about greatness. That The disciples were concerned about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus said, He that will be the greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. Let him be found in service to other people. And He also said, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Jesus did not come into this world to have people wait on him hand and foot. He came into this world to help other people. And said of Jesus in Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good. You see, happiness is found in doing something for someone else. Someone said, I sought my soul. My soul I could not find. I sought my God and my God eluded me. I sought my brother and I found all three. Happiness is found in service. Happiness is found in unselfishness. We're to love God. That's the first and great commandment, Matthew 22:37. But But the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And you're not able to do that if you have a selfish heart. We're to treat people as we would want to be treated. In Matthew 7 and 12, Jesus said, Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them. In other words, we treat people like we would be treated. That takes an unselfish heart. James 1.27 tells us that pure religion, undefiled before the God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We're to help other people. We're to be unselfish. As Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, looking each of you not only on his own things, but also on the things of others. Be unselfish. Jesus said, and it's quoted in Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. We're to be unselfish. That's the reason that so many people are miserable and bored in life. Basically, they're all wrapped up in themselves. They're not happy. They're selfish. Happiness is found in unselfishness. But happiness is also found in gratitude. There's the interesting story in the 17th chapter of Luke of the ten lepers who came to Jesus and they asked to be healed. And Jesus told them to go their way and what to do and as they went on their way they were healed. Now there were ten of them. And there was only one out of the ten who came back To say thank you. The text says that he came back and he glorified God. You see, one out of ten showed gratitude. The most benighted soul that this world has to offer is the person who is an ingrate, a person who has been helped by other people, and maybe people have gone out of their way to to help that individual. And then they show such a lack of gratitude. They're never thankful for what has been done for them. But people that are happy people are like that man who came back that had been healed of his leprosy and he said, thank you, Jesus. But happiness is also found in the renovation of your mind. And most people today need to have a Renovation of their minds. In Romans 12, the Bible says that uh, be not conformed to this world, be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, the, the changing of your mind, the, the, the renovating of your mind. Sometimes our minds do need to be renovated. Paul in Philippians, the third chapter in verse 13, he said, I count not myself to have yet apprehended, but, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul wanted to forget the things of the past. Some are always living in the past. And they cannot forget the past. He said, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, if you're ever going to be happy, you've got to get the cobwebs out of your mind. You need to get hate out of your mind. You'll never be happy if you have hatred in your heart. You've got to get envy out of your mind. You've got to get it out of your heart. You can never really live a happy life if your heart is filled with envy and jealousy. I've seen people destroy themselves because they were so envious and jealous of other people. You need to get the prejudice out of your mind. You'll never be happy if you've got prejudice in your mind. There needs to be the renovation of your mind. Listen to Paul in Philippians chapter 4 again, this time in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just... Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. And yet we have sometimes things in our minds that we think about and we harbor thoughts in our minds and we harbor feelings in our minds and then we wonder why we are not happy. Some people hold on to things that maybe happened years ago. They won't turn it loose. And it makes them wretched and miserable. Happiness is found in the renovating of the mind. I wonder today, are you really happy? Do you enjoy life? In 1 Peter, the third chapter in verse 10, Peter said, He that will love life and see good days. let, Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. You see, it is God's desire, God's wish, God's plan, God's wish for us that we love life and that we be happy. That's the reason Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Perhaps the reason you're not able to rejoice today is you're not in the right place. You see, he said, Rejoice in the Lord. Let me tell you about a man who was able to rejoice in the Lord. This man had been to the city of Jerusalem to worship. And he was on his way home from Jerusalem, and he was on his way back home to Ethiopia. He he was sitting in his chariot. He was riding along. And he was reading the Bible. He was reading the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And all of a sudden, there was a preacher by the name of Philip that came to the side of his chariot. And he said to him, Do you understand what you're reading? This is found in Acts, the 8th chapter. And, And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? That's in verse 31. And so he asked Philip to come up and to sit with him. And he began at the scripture found here in Isaiah 53, and he quotes it here in verses 32 and 33. Here's the quotation. He was led as a a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? So the man in the chariot, the eunuch, said, Of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? And so Philip opened his mouth, that's verse 35, beginning at this scripture, that is the one from Isaiah 53, verse 7 and 8, and he preached Jesus to him. Think about it, he preached Jesus to him. And as they went went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hindered me from being baptized? Evidently, in preaching Christ to this man, he preached something about being baptized. I know earlier in this chapter, in verse 12, we read about the people of Samaria that believed Philip, preaching things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. So here, uh, he said, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Are you willing to acknowledge Jesus as being the Son of God? So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he, that is Philip, baptized him, the eunuch. Now when they came up out of the water, baptism incidentally is a burial in water, and it's suggested by this story. The spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so the eunuch saw him no more. And he, that is the man who had just been baptized, went on his way doing what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Let, let me read another story to you from the 16th chapter of Acts. And I'm talking to you now about how to live this life of rejoicing and, and get on the road to a life of rejoicing. Rejoice where? Rejoice In the Lord. I take you now to the 16th chapter of Acts. Paul and Silas are in prison, if you'll notice about verse 25, praying and they were singing and the prisoners were listening to them and then there was an earthquake. And this earthquake opened the doors of the prison and the chains on the prisoners were loosed. And the man keeping the jailer, the keeper of the prison, was about to kill himself. And and Paul told him to not do himself any harm because we are still here. You see, if the prisoners escape, he could be killed for that. He could lose his own life. So he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas in verse 29, and he asked them a question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There's not a more important question one will ever ask than that question. So here's what they told him. Now keep in mind this man was an unbeliever. This man was a pagan. And so what would you tell a pagan if he were to ask you, what must I do to be saved? The first thing they told him was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your household. So step number one in his salvation was become a believer. Now, how does one become a believer? Well, Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, you have to be taught the Bible to become a believer. So what are they going to do? Verse 32, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. That's how you become a believer. Verse 33, he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. He may have helped put those stripes on Paul and Silas for all we know, but I think that suggests the man was a penitent man and immediately he And all his family were baptized. They were baptized that night. Now verse 34. Listen to it carefully. Now when he had brought them into his house, that is Paul and Silas, he set food before them and he rejoiced. He did what? He rejoiced, having believed in God with all his house. Now there are at least two examples I've shown you from the Bible of what people did initially to have this life of rejoicing. In the the case of the man in Acts chapter 8, as well as the case of the jailer and his family in Acts chapter 16, his household, they all were taught the gospel they believed the gospel and they obeyed the gospel. Now let me ask you, would you say that the gospel saves? Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I believe the gospel saves. Well, I do too. And the reason I believe that is because that's what the Bible says. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto what? Unto salvation. And the gospel is the good news about Jesus that has been recorded in the Bible. That the gospel is is put into words in the New Testament for us. The gospel is the word of the Lord. So we're taught the gospel. And then when we come to the point that we accept the gospel as being true, it creates faith in our hearts. And because of that faith in our hearts, we're then moved and motivated to repent of all of our sins. In Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And because we have repented of our sins as believers in Christ, we're not ashamed to acknowledge Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just like the man in Acts chapter 8. If I were to ask you now, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I have an idea that many of you, if not most of you, maybe all of you would say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that. Well then let me ask you, what hinders you from being baptized? You remember Jesus said, He that believeth one and is baptized too, shall be saved, number three. In the case of the man in Acts the 8th chapter, he believed and he was baptized. In the case of the jailer and his family, they believed and they were baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, What did they do, or what was their attitude of mind and heart once they had done that? In the case of the jailer in Acts chapter 16, he and all of his household rejoiced. In the case of the man from Ethiopia in Acts chapter 8, he went on his way doing what? Rejoicing. You see, Paul said... Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again I say rejoice. We can never be happy, not really, until we make things right with God. Until we obey the gospel of Jesus, baptize into our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's how we get into the Lord. Galatians 3.27 For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Have you ever been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? Let me urge you to do that. When you do that, you've got reason to rejoice. And I'll tell you who else rejoices when you do that. Luke chapter 15 tells us that the angels of heaven rejoice. They're happy when people are saved. Are you really happy today? You can't be happy without Jesus. Oh, you may go through life and pretend, but happiness is an inside job. Happiness is found. being right with God. I, in the closing moments, may I urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, may I encourage you right now to pick up the telephone. Please, right now, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Your happiness now and your eternal destiny in the world to come may hinge upon your decision to call right now for that Bible correspondence course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you.
0: Join us next time for getting to know your Bible.